This week on the Habs Forum, we are back for the second week in a row. How exciting. <laughs> After three three months off, we managed to do two weeks in a row. I don't know if you're excited, Dustin, but I'm excited. Uh, so to talk about today, I mean, all anyone who's a Habs fan has been talking about, Canadians still have a shot at getting Lafreniere. We'll talk about the craziness that was the draft lottery. Uh, we got some. Que- we got one question uh, uh, to to answer today. Touches on should we even play again? And uh, there's been some cases of COVID nineteen within the NHL. Is it really safe to come back? So we're going to talk about that. Uh, whether or not you even want the Habs to win at, at this point. Um, some potential rumors. Also, a certain Russian defenseman that might be available to play that would make a lot of fans actually excited. To, uh, to watch these games. And once again, we have an interview with uh, this time Marco D'Amico of scrimmageandstats.com, also uh, known as the hockey expert at the hockey expert on Twitter. Uh, another great interview touches a lot on prospects uh, with uh, Dustin. But first, once again, it's brought to you by. So that Habs Forum is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. So we finally got the package this week. I used it, and apparently you haven't used it yet. I, I actually used it on my mustache oh, to true. trim it a little bit, but that's not really what the, the whole the whole idea is. <laughs> Still appreciate the package. I would appreciate it larger than medium size for my boxer and my t-shirt but hey my girlfriend's really enjoying the the new uh, the new uh, t-shirt to, to sleep in so that's is she, is she wearing the great. boxers too or? i mean they'll fit her way more than it'll fit me i'll tell you that much <laughs> they do seem co- i did put them on uh they're significantly too small but i could tell they would be very comfortable if they were my size i actually got the right size and they're literally the most comfortable like i'm not just saying this they're the, probably the most comfortable boxer i've ever had in my life and apparently they make my ass look amazing. Well, no. first of all, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> and secondly, is that because you haven't got a new pair of boxers in like five years? No. No, I have plenty of new boxers. Okay, okay. But uh, no, I mean, so far, super happy about it. Uh, super good product. Even got a, like a little LED light when you're uh, when you're doing. I did notice that. That was like, so. actually practical on my mustache. Get to get, get that, that perfect little like, uh, you know. I know it looks terrible right now because I, I just I just use it real quickly the other day. But, but uh, get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code HabsForum at Manscape.com. Especially with all the bars opening up now, guys, it's definitely the right time to do this and uh, get Manscaped and hit the bars. You know, I mean. And, if and, you are going to do that and you're not worried about uh, the whole COVID nineteen thing, you well, might, might as well be clean. True. <laughs> All right, so what do we got? All right, so moving on. The Habs could still draft Alexis Lafreniere. They have a 1-in-8 shot because one of the playing teams is getting... Well, one of the eight teams that's not going to win the plan is going to get it. How... I Did you la- watch it? I watched it live. I was extremely no, I didn't excited. Watch it. But uh, I heard about it afterwards, and, like, wow. Like, like you, couldn't, you couldn't hope for, like, a better sort of, like... Not promo, but like advert. Well, whatever, advertising or whatever for the NHL. Like this is just going to build up so much hype. Like going into the next draft lottery. Uh, I mean, it worked out great. So it was actually Winnipeg's slot that won it. I was 2. happy to see that. Chance. I would have been annoyed if it was the, the Canadian spot that got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I was I was really happy to see it wasn't the Canadian spot that got it. So so this is really the best case scenario for for the Canadians because. Uh, if if it was like a normal draft, uh, the 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 odds that we were, would have been lower than the twelve point five percent we have now. Now there's just yeah. another lottery with a one in eight chance, and 
worst case scenario, they end up with the the ninth overall pick, assuming they don't they don't win the plan. But you know, like you say, like people create buzz, people are excited. A lot of people are angry about this whole lottery thing and think that it's kind of nonsense. That's not how it should go. Detroit Red Wings had one of the worst seasons in recent memory. It's a historically bad season. And now they're drafting fourth. And the consensus seems to be there's a clear number one, there's a clear two and three, and then there's a there's a bit there's still obviously great talent in number four, mm-hmm. but it's a significant drop. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, especially when you're talking about number one being basically like an absolute franchise player in Lafreniere. Yeah. And I mean, By Byfield and Stoitzel are, are two you know very you know have, have the potential easily to be to be first line guys as well. I mean, yeah, you can understand the frustration. Um, I mean, certainly for Detroit. You know, for, to fall from first to fourth, like you said, they had basically a historically bad season. But I mean, even in a normal case, like they could have still went to, down to fourth, right? I mean, no, of course, of, but it's more, not not just about the lottery they did for the the whole situation right now, but just overall around the lottery. I mean, I'm pro the lottery. I I, I think it's a good thing. I, whatever we can do to deter kind of tanking and things like that. I don't think it's necessarily perfect right now. Like we, uh, we talked, I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or it was just uh, over the weekend when we talked about this, but one idea I found interesting is, is, is just maybe preventing teams from having a first or a second overall pick multiple years in a row or within the, f- the same three year span. Cause the, what the thing a lot of people are worried about right now is a team like Edmonton ending up mm-hmm. with the first overall pick again, which very well could happen. I, I mm-hmm. think they'll win their playing, but it could happen. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, imagine McDavid dries idol and, uh, that's, that's scary. Well, I mean, they've had so many amazing players in the past and they've never done anything, but, but does but, it, I mean, does, does that show kind of like a, a problem with how it is right now because if a team does end up being super lucky like Edmonton has been they end up with all the talent uh, in the world does something need to be done to prevent that from happening the odds of it happening were astronomical but if yeah. it does happen well again I, th- I think that's that does make sense at least for like the first overall pick like if you get the first overall pick you can't for like the next two years I think I think that sort of makes sense that way you're not like if that would only affect like lucky. New Jersey and who got the first overall pick the year before? Well, I think Edmonton's done it a couple of years in a row. Even Pittsburgh Penguins back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Like yeah. When they got uh, Flurry and, and Crosby, Crosby yeah. in two years. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's obviously that turns your franchise around pretty quickly just because you won the lottery a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> I mean. But if the Habs were the Detroit Red Wings, do you honestly think you wouldn't be shouting from the rooftops right now that the lottery is bull and we need to get rid of it i mean i don't think so i mean yes it would suck but i mean you you already knew that that's what it was in the first of course place, right? yeah and so, you gotta go in as a red wings fan assuming you're gonna get fourth yeah i mean they only had like well yeah i mean they had like a 20 percent chance I yes, think, it's, eight, it's 18 point something yeah yeah so i mean obviously you didn't have that good of chances to begin with but yes obviously it sucks to lose out on lafrenia I, I i wonder if maybe they should make it like you can't fall that many that many spaces down. Okay, sure, they're still picking fourth, but just you look at it historically, there always seems to be a bit of a top three in, in drafts. But, I mean, for all we know, like so often the fourth or fifth oh, or sixth could know. end up being better than even the first overall pick. Oh, exactly. I, mean, I don't think that'll happen this year, but you, you, stuff like that can happen. But, I mean, like you said, it was I was extremely excited watching it. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously, as a Habs fan, first of all, I want the Habs to get the best chance of getting it. And almost equal to that, 
number one, I didn't. I, I wanted the Sens to get the worst case scenario, which I think would have been four and five, and they got yeah. three and five. I'm Still okay with good. that. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> I mean, imagine the Sens got one and two. Yeah, that would have been that. That, that <laughs> could that, that could set them up for 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 years and, and and years to come. And Detroit's also in the division, so I was happy to see that you're not gonna get one of those huge talents uh, in the division. But my fear now, as excited as I, as I am that the Habs could get him, and like I mentioned Edmonton before, really I really really care that much of Edmonton. I know a lot of people if you want message boards and all that, they, they hate that Edmonton keep getting these picks. Part of me would be like, first of all, different conference. If the Habs can't get him, might as well ship him to another conference. And then watching McDavid play with Lafreniere would be amazing, right? It, it yeah, would be it would be super exciting. However, what has a real potential of happening if we do have these play-in games is Columbus could beat Toronto, mm-hmm. and then Toronto has a twelve point. And now, if Toronto gets Lafreniere, imagine! Oh my God! I mean, I ha- I might have to consider just not watching hockey anymore. <laughs> I, I would definitely delete my Twitter account. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, geez, that would that would be a whole. I oh like, I can't. I don't know if I want the Habs to get him more, or I want the Leafs to get him less. Like, I don't know what's more important to me. <laughs> it's pretty close. It's pretty close. It's very. Yeah, that very that close. would be pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, if 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 this does end up happening, I mean, Columbus could very well beat Toronto. Like, especially when you're talking about. They beat about Tampa a, Bay last year. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, especially when you're talking about that five-game series. Who and knows what's com- happen? this situation too, yeah. it's like a crazy the way it's going on right now. It's a it's kind of a nuts how it, it, it's happening. So, I mean, I mean, honestly, the, the 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 best case scenario at this point, if you're a Habs fan. Is you're almost kind of like as much as I'd love to watch some hockey, you're almost kind of hoping there's just not going to be any hockey. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's almost hoping like there's going to be a bunch of players getting COVID nineteen. I'm obviously not saying that's what I want, but I mean an argument could be made that they shouldn't be playing anyways. I think I mean, there's already a yeah, question I mean, about. So I mean that that sort of goes back to uh, well the Twitter question that we got. So uh, the Twitter question comes from Etienne Ferlin, so at Etienne Ferlin on Twitter. So if they do return to play, which I really don't think is the right thing to do, I think the hub city should be in Canada where COVID-19 is much better controlled at the moment. Edmonton and Toronto are my picks. Your thoughts? Um, I, I, I do agree with the first thing. First of all, that, uh, that it pro- we should probably shouldn't be playing hockey in the first place. I mean, already there's 26 players that have been found so far with COVID-19. So well, you're not the, off to a good start. The thing about that is that if you look at percentages and all that, like the, 20, the number of 26 makes sense. Like there was going to be players yeah. that were going to get COVID-19. And the, the hope is that it will get better once they're all in a hub city. And But like it's said, if we are going to do this, yeah, the hub cities have to be cities that are kind of safe, right? So I'm sorry, yeah. he said Edmonton and... Edmonton and Toronto. And Toronto, okay. I don't think Toronto is that safe, though. I mean, Toronto is uh, in it's the gotten better. in the rumors. The the those are the like, I think Bob McKenzie. I'm just pulling up right now. He did mention Toronto and Edmonton are very very real uh, possibilities. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There, there's something. Is, is is Toronto just a possibility? Because I mean, it's, it's about the resources too. To, it depends what yeah. they do. If, if they make it so it, it's really contained and all that, I think Toronto will be fine. I mean, but it, just having it in Canada makes the most sense as long as there's no issues with the whole. Like, because there's travel bans going on right now, right? With Americans coming to Canada, so I'm assuming that, I'm assuming they've already had conversations to make sure yeah. that's not yeah. uh, that's not an issue. But if if we are going to do it, it would make the most sense to. It would have to be. Yeah. I mean, well, I, and I would think Western Canada. So I mean, Edmonton definitely makes sense. Um, but I feel like Toronto is just as bad as Montreal is. 
I mean, obviously we've gotten a lot better than we have, but I mean, we're still getting like what, like two hundred k, no, maybe a hundred cases a day. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Exactly, I haven't been following Toronto's number uh, numbers as closely, but just as a, a city, I mean, I lived in Toronto for for seven years, and it, it's a city that is very dense. Uh, the, there there's a lot of people there, so the, depending on how. Like, no matter what, if you have a city that's, dent, that's that dense, unless you have super strict rules about confinement and all that, you're going to have people walking around that are spreading it. It's, like, almost impossible to completely contain it. So then it's whether or not the players are actually safe and they stay in their, I'm assuming, hotels that are going to be completely blocked off. So, I mean, I don't think it makes that much of a difference once they're in the city. But the question is, goes back, should they even be playing? Yeah. Uh, I mean... Again, I th- I, for me, the answer is, is no, as much as we all want to see hockey. And again, I mean, like, th- when is this even going to start? Like, we're tomorrow's July 1st. <laughs> and, it, and, it goes in, and it goes into next year, and, 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 it, and it's hard to really try to think about it honestly because, first of all, as a Habs fan, the best-case scenario as far as... I don't think... 99% of Habs fans don't think the Canadians can win the Cup this year, so they'd rather just have a, a chance at, at Lafreniere. And we don't want that. We just talked about teams like the Leafs have a chance. And if there is no playing games at all, then it's it's just the bottom eight teams le- le- left out of the playoffs yeah. are, are the ones that are gonna be part of it. So t- a team like the Leafs wouldn't be part of it. The Canadians would obviously still be part of it. So it, it's kind of the best case scenario of who gets a chance. The only team in the division would be uh, Florida, if I'm not mistaken, that would have a chance at FMA. So it's just it's the best case scenario. The Canadians don't have a chance of winning. We've already accepted the season's over for a long time. So it's very easy for us to say. They shouldn't be playing. Yeah. But, but if the Canadians had been struggling for years, just gave away yeah. first-round picks to get some rental players, and they were first in the division, this was the year Price was going to get his, his run at the Cup, I would not care. I, I, I'm just being yeah. honest. I would <laughs> yeah. be like, oh, is there 200 more cases of COVID-19? I don't care. <laughs> we're playing these games, and I want my parade when we win the Stanley Cup. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I just – just being honest here – I feel for the teams, for the fans of the teams that had a real chance of winning the Cup this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, we're not in that situation. But for teams that are in that situation, that's that, that you know, this year could be their year. I mean, definitely, I would I would feel the same way. I'd want them to play hockey pretty much no matter what. Yeah, exactly. But, I, I mean, I think, like, it, it, obviously, we're not neutral. But if you were neutral, I think the... For anyone that is neutral, I mean, I think the thing that makes the most sense is to just not play. Absolutely, it's definitely the thing that makes the most sense. And the we we're not no one's dumb here. Everyone understands that the only reason it's even being talked about is for money, right? Like that's what these leagues are here for. And I have no idea what exactly it would mean for the NHL to just have no hockey for the rest of the year if it would affect the caps or or, or, or things like that. It's not like you can lower the cap drastically, right? Because players need. Well, apparently, oh, yeah, well, from from what I've uh, what I've read, it, it looks like the the cap could actually stay the Stanging, same yeah. for the next three years. Wow! So I mean, that would be pretty good for the Canadians. I mean, like with the cap room, they have. that's true. That's true because a lot of players that have been waiting to that the hit free agency in the coming years, expecting a paycheck. Not a lot of teams will be able to offer that paycheck, except for the. That's true. Another. So are you are you telling me that COVID nineteen might end up being a good thing for the Canadians? <laughs> It, it might be. And we, we're going to come out of it with a bunch of cap space, Alexis Lafreniere, because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be so disappointed if we don't get him. Uh-huh. Like, we're far more likely not to get him, right? It's like yeah. over 85% chance we're not going to get him. But I literally had a dream that we picked Lafreniere. <laughs> like, I'm just so excited. 
I just can't help it. And the we talked about this in the episode we did. If, if you were listening to us during the season, we were kind of doing a preview, and I, I would do the draft lottery off one of those simulation websites. And the the day we talked about Lafreniere, I did it, and it, it picked Lafreniere through the simulation. I've believed since that day, and we talked about it then. What it would mean for even not more, not even just Montreal, the, the, not 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 even just the Canadians, but the city of Montreal. It, it's just mm. it changes everything to add someone on your team and to on top of that the fact that he's from Quebec we all know how much that means to a team like the Canadians more so than any other team in the NHL yeah it it, it would be something for sure I mean definitely it's going to be disappointed again disappointing if if we don't get him I mean again the chances are still pretty how many fans not fans (laughs) what percentage of fans that are not fans of the Canadians are going to say it was fixed if we get him Oh my god! I would definitely think it was fixed. Yeah, <laughs> I would. 100%. I mean, I would like. I can al- already see people saying that it's fixed. That that you know, I mean, they're building the suspense for the first overall pick. And like, not e- that I, not that I think it's fixed, but I mean, even just the fact that it, it, the draft was going to be in Montreal and all that, mm-hmm. you know, not, obviously now it's, it, it's not going to be an in-person draft. Like they, they, they haven't said this officially, but I'm assuming it's not going to be an in-person draft. But oh man, I, I would I would I would I would call fixed for sure. I don't care though. Like I'll I'll let those fans cry okay. fixed for twenty years. Like uh, it, it changes everything. I mean, that would be amazing. It would be so insane, and I'm already so excited for it to happen. And just knowing that I'm just setting myself up for disappointment. It's just like why do I do like it's like that's all being a sports fan is sometimes is setting yourself up for disappointment. I mean, you're a Habs fan and a Jets fan. New York Jets. New York I mean. Jets. Yep. So yeah. I mean, you're you're very used to this. I've been disappointed for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're used to it by now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm mainly only a, like a, a Habs fan. I mean, I follow the other sports. I'm not as big a fan of the other ones. It's just oh, it would. I just I just want it to happen so bad. It just it changes everything. Just the downtown core. I remember I read this this guy on on NBA our NBA on Reddit did this in-depth analysis of what LeBron James means to the Cavaliers. Now, first of all, I'm not saying Lafreniere is going to be as good of a player as LeBron James is in the NBA. Definitely not saying that. I'm just saying the impact of a, a player of that caliber has on a city, how it just affects the, the, the buzz around, like all the restaurants around the arena make more money when he's playing. and all There's, there's just a ripple effect that happens. And just having the best French Canadian to come into the NHL and... Mm-hmm decades come to Montreal would have that effect in Montreal would be insane no definitely I mean it it would definitely like you know it's it's sort of like the excitement that you feel in Montreal when the Habs are in the playoffs Mm. like I I feel like it would probably be similar you remember that well it's been a while it's been been like what like three years yeah it feels like more (laughs) it does feel no but I know I know I know exactly what you mean it's you, you just feel it in the air from day to day, you feel it during the playoffs because a day after a win, everyone's just happy. Yeah, everyone's yeah. Just having a good time. After a crushing loss, everyone's depressed. It'll be a big win, win when they win the lottery. When they win the lottery, it'll be a big win. Oh man, oh man, will it be? But I mean, so here's here's the thing. So are we even going? We talked about last week how no matter what, it's we have a hard time rooting against the Habs. So let's forget about the whole best case scenario they don't even play. Let's say they do play. Now, as hard as it is for me to root against the Habs, oh boy, would it be hard to root for them. Yeah, it, it'll be, yeah, it's, it's going to be really tough. I, I, I almost don't want to watch the games. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't, especially if we're talking I will, about the playoffs. Like, yeah, obviously you have to watch the games. 
but like it, it would be really hard to cheer for them but I know I'm, I'm not going to be able to, to cheer against them in the playoffs but I'm not but this, here's going the thing. to be the, too sad here's the thing first of all all these Detroit fans and Sens fans on message boards were flipping out being like this is bull all these playoff teams are going to get a chance at the first or the playoff teams are gonna play the play-ins yeah, are not, not the playoffs they are not the playoffs. No, exactly. I don't care what, what anyone says. They're they're just a little side tournament we're doing to figure out who's going to play in the actual playoffs. Yeah. The NHL playoffs are long enough as it is. We don't have to pretend like they're 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 long. Mm. We're, it's not the playoffs. So, I if they do win, I'll be excited to see them in the first round of the playoffs. Obviously, but I don't see the Pittsburgh ser- the, the series as the playoffs at all. No, no, no. I get it's 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 not. But, uh, you know, I mean, to have the chance to make it to the playoffs. But, but again, I mean, what chance do they really have of winning the Cup? I mean, you never know, especially in this sort of situation. But, uh, but again, it's going to be hard to cheer against them, but it's also going to be hard to cheer for them. D- definitely. I mean, the, the, the main thing that will be exciting to watch is if we do, if, if for example, Kat Kinyemi, uh, who is apparently mm-hmm. fully healthy and ready to go, uh, I mean, as ready as you can be given this situation. I mean, he looks like he's been working uh, out a ton during, uh, during this kind of, like, mm-hmm quarantine offseason so players like that like we talked about Suzuki but now it seems like it's not 100% sure yet but so initially the NHL said players in Romanov's situation coming out of the KHL wouldn't be allowed to play the idea the reason being that technically usually they wouldn't be allowed because the KHL should still be going on but it's not but then the players association kind of went against that they, they, they didn't agree with that they should be able to play and now it seems like they're it was Francois Gagnon, I think you said. Yeah, reported. Francois Gagnon. At first, he said that that it w- that it was official. Then he sort of said, "Oh no, it's 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 poten- it's looking like potentially it's going to happen." So it looks like it's it's more likely than not going to happen. Um, but I mean, yeah, that would be exciting. That oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it'll be super exciting, obviously, yeah. to see Romanov. Um, Hopefully, they just treat it as a camp for young kids. Price, Weber, Gallagher, Dano, just stay in the stands. And we'll just play Jake Evans, Kotkaniemi, Romanov. And Kate and Primo. Just Kate and Primo. <laughs> I mean, see what happens. See what, yeah. Even put McNiven in there. Yeah, there you go. You know, I, 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 I saw someone online say... Keith Kincaid. Let's well, do Keith Kincaid is cheating. I was going to say play with six six players. <laughs> but actually, you might, might have a better chance of losing with Keith Kincaid. <laughs> maybe, maybe the Canadians will sign me. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that, there you go. That would be... That, but then you would actually try because it's like you're claiming... No, no, I, I don't think that would matter, actually. No, I'm definitely sure that would matter. <laughs> I mean, if you made one save on Sidney Crosby, I think you'd talk about it for the rest of your life. Oh, definitely. Yeah, even if it accidentally definitely. hit you in the ass. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you would just... You wouldn't... I'd, I'd be... Like, for sure, I'd stop one. I mean, for sure. But maybe not on Sidney Crosby. I'm sure they have some AHL players playing for them right now. That so you might accidentally stop one, you know. <laughs> But yeah, so so that that's what it'd be fun for to to, to watch uh, Romanov play if he does get to play. I mean, do you think he steps in? Let, let's say he's allowed to play. Do you think for sure they they give him some some minutes? Uh, that's a good question. You'd have to think so. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, mean, look probably, at the left side, right? Yeah, like, I mean, Sherrod's not gonna get him no. moved out. Then you have Kulak and you have Mete. Is, is he question. stepping That's in? a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Especially with Claude Julien likes to play the older guys. And now we're talking about like the playoffs basically here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'd be tough. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think he'd probably probably get in. He'd probably have some limited minutes. I would imagine. Maybe maybe they they play a game with uh, with seven the defense. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's what I was just thinking. That that could be an option 
for and sure. then see what he can do and then if he looks kind of like he's because you have like no idea it, it, there is going to be a bit of a mini camp too so yeah. i mean that that that'll play a role in it too it's 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 really nuts because it's not like we're, we're they're going to play preseason games i don't think no no right? of course not so yeah. you're just going to go from camp to like they're going to do some, some yeah some red and white and play off hockey right like it's what is essentially playing off hockey i mean i think you know whoever's in the best shape will probably get to play yeah, that, no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure nobody's yeah, going to be at 100%. So. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, Domi put on 20 pounds during this uh, pandemic. You know? no, no. I'm not, not, no rumors <laughs> or anything. I just picked a random name in Domi. <laughs> but, uh, well, speaking of rumors, we uh, there is a, a bit of a Buffalo rumor. that This isn't an actual, this is just like people kind of talking that what we could offer for, for this return. But they might be interested in moving the eighth overall pick and Brendan Montour for a second line center. Yeah. For a second line center. And then, and then Habs fans, um, some suggested Dano, um, uh, others suggested Domi. Um, uh, so, I mean, uh, I don't think Domi for the eighth and Brandon Montour would make much sense for Buffalo, but I feel like they are pretty desperate. Um, especially, I mean, they basically just fired 95% of their staff. So, and they're, like yeah, franchise yeah, player is one foot out the door. Yeah, he's kind of so, he's yeah. over it. He's, he's made it very clear if, if it if it doesn't change soon, he's just he's just going to be requesting a trade for sure. I think the whole I mean they have so many good young players. I mean for how many seasons now have have people and including yourself said yeah. oh Buffalo's going to be good this year? <laughs> well, you got to think year. they're going to make the jump one year, right? Like Edmonton eventually kind of got okay and made the playoffs, right? But I mean, yeah, and there's just so much, so much frustration on that team right now that, you know, I mean, they, they, I'm sure they're desperate to make a move, and you know, maybe, maybe they're gonna think that Domi's the the right guy for them, and if we can get Brandon Montour and an eighth, eighth overall pick for Domi, I mean, obviously you definitely have to make that trade. Here's the thing. Let Let's say eighth overall pick and Montour is not realistic for Domi. They they're they're saying you can have one of those two pieces. Do you want the very NHL ready, definitely good enough to play on the Montreal Canadiens, Brandon Montour, or do you want that eight overall pick and keep kind of rebuilding? No, I, I mean I don't think I take either one of them. I think I'm going to keep Max Domi. Um, I mean the eight, like the Canadians have a lot of good young players right now. I don't think the the whoever they would draft at eight or if they stay at nine, like with their own pick. I don't think it's a guy that's going to be stepping into the NHL in the next year or two. I mean, maybe oh, you know, yeah, for sure. maybe two or three years down the road. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, like they have Carey Price right now at the end of his prime, Shea Weber at the end of his prime, Gallagher's starting to get a little bit older. You know, they have a lot of good young players like Dano. And but the, do the Canadians need someone like Montour on defense more than they need a guy like Max Domi as forward? Like Max Domi, I'm worried he's going to get severely overpaid. Uh, coming yeah, off his uh, RFA yeah. contract, yeah. I think what we saw, he's going to want to get paid based on what we saw, not this season, but last year, which I think was more an anomaly. Like I like Max Domi enough. I'm just really worried of the type of contract he's going to get. I think what we saw this year is more realistic of what he's going to be. Yeah, I think I think that's true, and I and I think it's sort of a good thing almost that he didn't have a yeah. good year this year because yeah. is you know hopefully he's going to get less money. But yeah, you could definitely see him demanding a lot of money, and and, and that the would be defense a scary needs to get better. And we yeah. do have some young guys like Suzuki proved he's definitely a, a good player. Hopefully, Katkinimi kind of finds his game. If we want to improve defense for right now. A piece needs to move as a forward. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe Brandon Montour in like another another piece. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, like maybe something Ma- like that. Montour in a second or something. Like, like yeah. I, I don't hate the idea. It doesn't have to be Brandon Montour. I don't hate the idea of moving Max Domi at all. No, we talked about no, it before. It's, it's true. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think team defense is, is the biggest weakness uh, for, on the Montreal Canadiens, and we we already have a, a, a great second line. I would say in a, in a Tatar, Gallagher, and and Dano, and we have a. A, Suzuki showed he could play center. I, I know you don't think that in the NHL you might be a center, but he really showed he can be a. I think one of Suzuki or Kardkiniemi will be good enough to be a top six center on this team. Yeah, well, I definitely didn't think so at the beginning of the year, but he's definitely uh, convinced me and a lot of other people that you know he he, he definitely has the potential to be a top line center. Uh, I don't know, maybe not a first line center, but uh, definitely maybe a second or a third. But um, I mean, yeah, he might be good enough to be a one B yeah. to Daniel's one A yeah. kind yeah. of thing. You maybe, know? That that could certainly be. And Kukinima, I definitely have, think has the potential to be you know one A yeah. or one B. Um, so yeah, I mean, Domi is with the prospects the Canadian. Well, prospects. I mean, Suzuki and Kukinima, if you want to call them prospects, along with well, even Jake Evans could. Well, it's not a bad center. I mean, probably more of a fourth line center, but you know, Max Domi might be expendable, and if you can get the right defenseman for him. Maybe well, not Brandon Montour, but that that but sort of at, guy. At this point, one of those guys needs to go to the wing, right? Yeah. If, if they're yeah, all exactly. staying on the team. So do you like – and I don't think you want Kukinemi on, on the wing. He, no. he, where, wherever his development goes, I think he's going to be a center in the NHL. Like However good he is, he'll be a center, Like whether it's a third-line center or a first-line center or whatever it is. Suzuki might be a winger, but he looked a lot better at center, and he's looked great at center. And he hasn't looked like he's too small or anything. Like He looks like he can hold his own as a center. So the logical person, if we keep the team as it is to move to the wing, is Domi. He kind of has his break, breakout moving to center, though. Do we even think it's worth keeping him on the team if he's going to be back, moved back to wing? Or should we just move him as a center to get the defenseman we need? Right? That just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and again, I, I mean, it pr- probably going to have, like, the money that he's going to be asking for probably have a big impact on that as well. For but, sure. But again, yeah, with the depth that the Canadians have right now, I think it would make sense that they can get the right, right defenseman for him, which maybe it is Brandon, Brandon Montour. It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're, they're both players mm-hmm. that are, like, Montour's 26, Domi's 25, both co- going into their, their RFA contract. I mean, if, if, if Buffalo's looking for a forward and we're looking for defense, I mean, the, the move makes a lot of sense. Whether or not there's little pieces on each side that need to be added to, to make it happen, like it's probably not the eighth overall pick, realistically. No. I mean, it, it might be the move to make. It, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not crazy. Uh, it's not a crazy move to me at all. No, no, it, it could definitely make some sense. But uh, we'll see. And uh, so, I mean, it's always fun to talk about rumors, but, I mean, as always, like, who knows if uh, any of that's going to happen. Uh, aside from that, I mean, we, uh, we already talked about players that might play. I mean, Price is back, finally. Uh, took a plane. I mean, there, it is really seeming it's going to happen, right? The players are showing up and all that, so. Yeah, I mean, they're they're getting closer and closer to it. Um, again, I mean, they're obviously they're crossing their fingers that there there aren't going to be more players that uh, they get COVID at this point. But but again, I mean, you know, the, the longer this drags on, the more it's going to impact next season. So yeah, I mean, that's the you know, if, thing. if they're going to do this, it, I mean, it's got to start soon. You would think. Yeah. So I mean, you know, hopefully. You know, by our next episode, we'll have a little bit more information about when exactly this is going to start. Because it's weird, because tomorrow usually would be free agency. We, we we already would have had the draft tomorrow would be free agency. It's, it's all these things haven't happened yet, and it's like 
when can teams start trading again and all that stuff? I mean, I guess the playoffs are not happening yet. It's just so weird. It's just a, such a weird season right now. It's it's it's. I just want to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Happen or don't happen, basically. No, exactly. Yeah, you know, it'd be nice to get a little bit of of certainty, really. Yeah. All right, so I think that's uh, that covers it for this week. Now, uh, moving on to the interview with uh, Marco D'Amico. So, you want to tell us a little bit what you talked about? Yep. So again, uh, similar to the uh, to the interview that we had uh, that I had last week with um, uh, Joshua from Canadians Prospects. Uh, basically, we talked about some uh, sets of prospects that the Canadians could be looking at. Um, well, obviously, if the Canadians get first overall, we all know who they're going to take. If they get ninth overall, some guys that they might be taking a look at. Um, I mean, uh, Marco talked about some different guys, and for, for the most part, than Joshua, and he talked about some guys that he'd be interested in the second round and even in the later rounds. And uh, similar to what Joshua did last week, he gave us some uh, under the under the radar Habs prospects that he wanted to talk about. So it's uh, it's definitely a great interview, and uh, his his website's really good too if you're if you're interested in uh, in prospects uh, in the next draft. Uh, so again, check him out scrimmageandstats.com, and make sure to follow him on Twitter at the Hockey Expert. Perfect, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week probably again just to yeah. see more updates of what's going on with uh, NHL for another interview. So enjoy the interview with uh, Marco D'Amico, and talk to you next week. So I'm joined here by uh, Marco D'Amico, so uh, at the Hockey Expert on Twitter, uh, and he's uh, from scrimmageandstats.com. Thank you very much for joining us today, Marco. How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How about you? Doing great. Thanks. Um, so obviously the biggest news in Habs, uh, Habs land now is the fact that the first overall pick is going to be decided in another lottery that the Canadians might be, uh, potentially, well, if they lose in the first round, they'll be a part of that draft, uh, the draft lottery. Uh, it, if you had the choice, would you rather the Habs not win in the first round or would you, would you like to see them beat the Penguins or not? Um. It's a two-pronged approach. I'd love to see them compete against the Penguins because I think that would be essential to the development of guys like uh, Suzuki. Uh, we know Kakanyemi is going to get a shot to play. Yulson is healthy. Um, and then right B was a serious concern towards the end of the season. So I'd love to see a nice long series. I just don't think they have the firepower to beat Pittsburgh. Um, unfortunately for Canadians, well, I mean, depends which side of the argument you're on, but unfortunately for Canadians fans... Uh, Pittsburgh is getting Jake Gensel back. Essentially, their roster would be over the cap if they were playing in the regular season right now. Uh, they have two first lines uh, that Montreal is going to go up against, and Montreal basically only has one shutdown center because they traded Nate Thompson, uh, so now they only have Philip Deneau. So that's going to be a huge, huge, huge task uh, for a team uh, which has Suzuki and Kakaniemi as centers two and three, assuming that Domi doesn't play or is playing on the wing. So... Yeah, it'll I definitely. Personally, see them out. Yeah, it'll definitely be a, a tough matchup there in the first round. Um, I mean, again, not necessarily the end of the world if they do lose in the first round because they might have a have a chance at Lafreniere. If yeah, they absolutely. if they do lose, I mean, obviously, I think uh, if they were luckily uh, or lucky enough to get the first overall pick, I mean, I think we all know that uh, Lafreniere <laughs> would be the first pick. Uh, yeah. If they were to get number nine, who do you think might be some of the guys that they take a look at? So, um, there's, a, there's been a lot of, uh, of discussion in terms of the top heaviness of this draft. And it, it initially started with the top five, then it kind of went top seven, uh, then it became top ten plus the Russian goalie, uh, Yaroslav Askarov. 
and now it's essentially become a group of 12 um, and then obviously uh, the goalie Asker out on the side so it really depends on how the draft goes uh, the fact that Ottawa now has 3 and 5 makes things absolutely interesting because they can go literally anywhere with that 5th overall pick uh, I think by 3 as people kind of assume uh, it'll be one of the Tim Stutzel uh, or uh, Quinton Byfield, or maybe a surprise local boy like Marco Rossi, who's obviously not from Ottawa, but plays for the Ottawa 67s. Um, so Montreal could be left with Lucas Raymond on the board, potentially an Alexander Holtz on the board. Uh, there's definitely uh, Marco Rossi's uh, teammate, who's risen quite heavily in this draft, Jack Quinn, who could potentially be on the board. Uh, and then also my personal... <laughs> My, uh, my dark horse for the top 10 is Seth Jarvis. So you have all these forwards that they can potentially look to get. Um, personally, because of the lack of depth on defense in this draft, I think the two top defensemen, Jake Sanderson and Jimmy Drysdale, will probably end up going before the Canadians can speak. So you're looking more likely than not at a top end forward for that pick, which is exactly what the doctor ordered for Montreal's prospect pool. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The Canadians could definitely use a top-end forward. Um, if all those guys are on the board, is is there one in particular that you uh, that you like more than the others? I don't know if you can pass over Lucas Raymond if he's available at nine. Uh, I think he's got top-five talent, but I think that nine players in this draft have top-five talent. So I, if I were to turn around and compare this glut of ten players to last year's, um, I don't even think Philip Broberg, who went eighth overall last year, would crack this top ten, let alone the top twelve. Hmm. So it's 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 a very talented draft with six to seven potential first line forwards. So it's 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 exciting if you're a team in the top ten right now. Um, personally speaking, I would have to I have to I would have to rate Raymond Holtz. Um, if by some fluke you have a Cole Perfetti that falls, obviously I would put him at the top of that list. Um, and then uh, Seth Jarvis and Jack uh, Jack Quinn would kind of be tied for me for various reasons. But Jack Quinn and Seth Jarvis, for me to be okay with their selections, all of those fours would have to be off the board. And the only viable option would be, uh, you know, a defenseman or, you know, Askarov the goalie. Yeah, I, th- I think probably Askarov's not going to be an option. I mean, cons- considering how many, even though I think he's going to be a fantastic goalie. Obviously, uh, you know, the Canadians already have Primo, so probably not going to be one of the options. Um, you talked about the defenseman. Um, Jake Sanderson's a guy that has really driven up the uh, the draft boards over the last couple of months. And even I've, I've seen some people actually say that he's better than Jamie Drysdale. What, what do you think about that? I don't think he's better than Jamie Drysdale today. So I, I just want to I want to clarify that when I talk about prospects and, and being better, me personally, I refer to potential, to progressional uh, forecasting of what they could develop into. So if you look, if you want to do a side by side comparison and look at strengths and weaknesses, that what Sanderson really has going for him is that he was a relative unknown. No one really saw him play uh, because let's face it. It, it, let's call it the U.S. National Development Program hangover. After the last draft that they had, where they had practically like nine or ten players go in the first round, which was historic, uh, this year there were there were maybe one or two players, and those two players that we thought were going to be good at the beginning of the season, which is uh, Samon Teval uh, and uh, Brendan Brisson. Brendan Brisson had a good season. 
Uh, but it was Jake Sanderson and, and Thomas Baudelou who really just kind of jumped up and took that team. Uh, and, and really, if you go and look at the tape, it's not about the numbers. Jake Sanderson simply just has the tools to be a more effective defenseman in all situations. That's my personal opinion. I think that Jamie Drysdale is going to be kind of like a Kale McCarr without the shot. So a very fluid defenseman, a defenseman that is just dominant in the neutral zone and in and rushing the puck. But defensively, especially in tight games against bigger opponents, sometimes you know he can be overwhelmed. I don't necessarily think that that's going to hinder him. I think he's still going to be a top pair defenseman. But I also think that Sanderson uh, would be you know, the compliment to any top pair right defenseman. Like if, if, if Montreal by some fluke were to draft Sanderson, I wouldn't cry simply because I think he's that good. It's McDonough Vlasic style player, like top pair complimentary defenseman. And with the lack of bonafide number one defenseman in his draft, uh, it makes it so that he rises faster. Similarly to how we saw Maurice Sider last, last year, to shoot up the rankings after his world championship performance. So it's very similar, and I think that Dudu is late. Uh, he's a very uh, young uh, 17-year-old in this draft. He only turns 18, I believe, in July. So like Kakaniemi, he's, he's very young for this draft. So he's, compared to guys like Lafayette or Rossi, has almost a year of development to catch up on them. So if you're projecting how far he can go, considering how much he's improved, you definitely have to, uh, to give Sanderson his due. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think that was a good comparison. Drysdale to Makar, definitely not with the same shot, but um, you know he is sort of on the small side. But again, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. Now, obviously, the Canadians have a, a, a whole lot of picks coming up in this draft, so we've talked about some of the some of the options they might have in the first round. What are some guys to get you excited that maybe the Canadians could be looking about uh, or looking at in the later rounds? Well, we could start with round two. Uh, I think uh, round two is going to be interesting to many people. I don't know if they'll maintain all the picks they have in that round. They have three. Uh, they have their own, which will, uh, unless they beat Pittsburgh, it'll be 39th overall. Uh, they have Chicago's, who, unless they beat Edmonton, will be 40th overall. Uh, and they have St. Louis's, uh, which is currently slotted to be at 61st overall, but we'll see what they do in the playoffs as well. Uh, it could go up uh, in the standings. So in, instead of being 61, it can go all the way up to, to 58 if St. Louis is eliminated before the conference finals. So that could be that could be cool for Montreal as well. Uh, in the early se- early second round, um, you have obviously uh, Jaime Poirier. Uh, from the St. John Sea Dogs that could be there. I personally would stay away, but I can understand uh, why the Canadians would want just just a, an offensive defenseman. He's uh, essentially a forward playing defense. Um, you also have uh, another individual that I mentioned before on this call, uh, Thomas Bodolo, who was the uh, offensive player um, for the U.S. National Development Program this year. Uh, I know that the Canadians have interviewed him three times already. Bergevin knows his father quite well, and that's just why I link them to Baudelot. Baudelot himself is a fantastic player, just very cerebral, very smart, very quick, uh, fits the bill. He's, he was, wasn't born in Quebec, but he was raised and played in the, in the, in the minor ranks before he decided to take the American route. Uh, so he's definitely an option. 
And then one of the uh, one of my kind of favorite uh, picks, especially for the later second round, uh, would be a guy by the name of William Villeneuve, who actually was uh, Jeremy Poirier's uh, defensive partner in St. John in the QMJHL. Uh, but he's a right defenseman, which I believe is a, a, a need right now in the, the Canadian prospect pool. Um, so definitely names to keep your, uh, your eyes out for, but uh, there are so many uh, similar players ranked between 25 and 45 that I could just list them all, and we could be here till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a good draft. A lot of, I mean, certainly very top heavy, like we like we mentioned earlier. You know, when you when you're seeing like the top 12, even the top 15, top 16, really solid oh, prospects. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, even going into the second round, you're getting some really, really solid prospects. Uh, and definitely, I mean, I like some of the guys that you mentioned. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Poirier, I think I definitely agree with you. I'm not. He's he's sort of a a, a high risk sort of player. Um, so I don't think uh, I necessarily touch him though. I know it's, he's been brought up many times in the Montreal media, uh, especially on TBS Bob. I've seen it quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bordeaux. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, true. But there's there's a lot of there's, and and kudos to the QMJHL this year. They have one of their best uh, one of their best years in recent memory uh, this year. Obviously, with Lafreniere going full sprawl, but you have Hendrix Lapierre, you have Maverick Bork, uh, you have Lucas Cormier, who's another uh, potential second round target. Uh, a little obviously not from the Q, but still French Canadian. Um, you know, there there is there is a ton. Uh, in this draft that you, you know you could just pick out of a hat at this point and I think everybody will be happy with that's how deep uh, Canada this year really is I feel like Canada and Sweden really took it up a notch this season yeah definitely definitely it's uh, I mean great prospects in both like you said coming out of Canada and uh, and Sweden um, so you talked about the first round second round any guys maybe in the fourth and later like late gems maybe that uh, that come to mind yeah well um some, some things I like to do in the fourth to fifth to sixth round is, is kind of go for those um, high-risk, high-reward picks. Uh, and we saw it last year with Matthias Norlander, who was actually an overager, if you think about it. He was drafted at 19. Uh, but I don't think anybody's questioning that pick today. Uh, and it's the same kind of feeling I have. Uh, there's three overagers this year that I think would be worth a look. One of them Montreal Canadiens fans might have heard from before, Accent Yuck who played for the Sarnia Sting this year in the OHL. He was at their um, developmental camp this summer. Uh, as an 18-year-old, he got passed up in the draft because he was relatively unknown playing in Europe. Came over to the OHL in the import draft and absolutely tore it up. I think he had like 90-some-odd points in 60 games. It was just ridiculous. Um, oh, no, he didn't play in Sarnia. I think he played in, in Flint. I apologize. Yeah, yeah Flint. Um, needless to say, absolutely just... Phenomenal player. I don't think he'll be there personally in the fourth. I think the Canadians might have to snag him potentially with their third or Washington's third. Um, but he's a guy to look out for. Um, one that some Canadian fans may be familiar with is Pavel Gogolev, who was Cam Hillis' right-hand man playing for the um, the Storm in Guelph. Um, so for anybody who, didn't, didn't, who doesn't know him, sorry, he's a big hulking winger. Uh, who put up near, I believe, 40-plus goals uh, in his last year in the OHL. So I, I find that to be a worthwhile pick because these guys go directly to uh, the American Hockey League after, and that would be a huge help uh, considering they're mostly center-happy and they're missing uh, wingers with grit and size. 
Uh, and lastly, uh, it would be Mr. Sokolov, who plays in the QMJHL. Uh, everybody knows him. He kind of late bloomer uh, and really kind of exploded this year, putting up near near 100 points. I think it was 96 points this year. Um, and he's just it, – it's incredible how – development is, is non-linear and really when you put in the effort and you develop uh, physically uh, you just kind of take off so these are risky guys that I wouldn't mind the Canadians throwing at maybe one of their later picks they have three fourth round picks this year so I think it's kind of worth it to maybe give it a shot but uh, if not um, a few guys that I could just list off uh, William Zafou uh, is definitely one that I would consider from Drummondville um, there are a few guys that could fall uh, there's a lot of discussions of Zion Nybeck, who is currently ranked in the second round, possibly being available in the third, if not the fourth round, uh, due to his size and his skating. So there's a lot of possibilities, and that's why it's very difficult to, to, to pinpoint around and be like, I, you know, maybe this guy. Because it just, if one team has a player at 20th on their list and we're in the end of the second round, they'll take him, even if, you know, he's ranked 79. So I, I find that is the magic of the draft and it really is unpredictable oh yeah definitely and i definitely love the the three guys the first three guys you mentioned Oksenchek, i thought he was one of the best players at the development camp last year really came out of nowhere uh gogolev too i mean i think he he was amazing with hillis last season uh, in guelph and i think you know he would definitely help hillis i think they would be a great tandem next year potentially in laval and Absolutely. so Sokolov as well. I mean, he he showed what he can do in the queue this year, and he could be a pretty pretty solid late round pick too, especially with the Canadians having so many late well so many picks basically in every single round. Um, yeah. They they have the chance. Yeah, they really have the chance to take some uh, take some chances. So uh, so that's so that's the uh, we've sort of recapped uh, what the Canadians could do in the twenty twenty draft. Are there any current Habs prospects that uh, that maybe you're flying under the radar that you think uh, Habs fans should uh, keep an eye out for? Uh, I would definitely have to go with, personally for me, the most underrated prospect in the Canadians prospect pool right now would have to be Jaden Strugel. Um, I know, we're all, you know the, the, cool, uh, the cool prospect or the prospect everybody's talking about is Alexander Romanov. And obviously, with due credit, a phenomenal player, great progression, uh, playing for CSKA in, in the KHL. Um, you know, I, those are my favorite lunch hour games to watch in the KHL. Uh, but Jaden Struble, uh, unfortunately, he got injured at the development camp last year, uh, pulled a groin, came back in the NCAA as, I think, maybe the fifth or sixth youngest skater. Um, keep in mind that he was a week away from being eligible for this draft. That's how young he was for, for that, uh, for, for the 2019 draft. And he just came in, took a top four role immediately as, as a, almost a true freshman, and was at a point per game pace until he got until he was uh, I wouldn't say drilled into the boards, but it was it was a a freak accident where his ankle kind of got caught in the boards and, and snapped, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So uh, injury wasn't kind to struggle, but I feel like Northeastern in the NCAA. Uh, are going to rely heavily on Struble and primarily other half-prospect, uh, half Jordan Harris, who would probably be number two on my list for most underrated prospects. 
Yeah, two two guys that are definitely killing it. I mean, uh, Jordan Harris showed what he could do last year. I mean, he played, of course, with the U.S. Uh, World Junior Team as well. Jaden Strudel or Strubel, sorry, like you said, he when he was healthy, he he really showed what he could do, and hopefully he'll be healthy a hundred percent next season. And uh, I definitely agree with you. He's he's flown under the radar, and I think he can really really progress over the next three years at uh, at Northeastern. Um, perfect. So, uh, aside, uh, one last question I wanted to ask you, I saw maybe like 20 minutes ago, you posted, well, there was a rumor that was posted that the Buffalo Sabres might be willing to part with the eighth overall pick and, uh, Brandon Montour for a second line center. Um, uh-huh. what do you think about that rumor? Do you think that could interest potentially the Canadians? I mean, if I'm the Montreal Canadiens and I'm looking at, first of all, the expansion draft, I'm looking at potential expenditure coming up with a flat salary cap and so many players to sign, I think this is an ideal time to take advantage of of a situation like this where the team is just evidently desperate to be competitive. I mean, you don't fire literally 95% of your staff uh, if you're not fed up with the current situation, um, I think they have no choice but to be aggressive. Uh, they have the cap space, they have the prospects, they have the picks, uh, and I feel like this is akin to what Arizona was going through with uh, with uh, John Chica in 2017 when they traded uh, for what they believed to be a top line center at the time, and Derek Stepan, and they sacrificed the seventh overall pick and Anthony D'Angelo. And we all know that even though Auntie Ranta also came in that deal, um, it's overly aggressive on the part of Arizona, and I feel like it backfired. And I, I really see that happening to Buffalo. And there has been significant discussion about Buffalo's interest in Max Domi. And Max Domi, as we all know, is up for a new contract this, I think, well, this year, next year. So I don't know. Would the Canadians, if. if Kakiniemi and Suzuki display that they're ready for whichever two and first and second or third line, and you have Deno that it's resigned long term. Max Domi for eighth overall alone, I would do in a heartbeat. If you have eighth overall and ninth overall, maybe you make a play for first. You never know. These are these are things that I would consider. These are things that are on the table. And quite frankly, this is the first time that I've ever been or that I've ever seen Montreal in a position where. They can actually sacrifice a top six center to go and get a, a future asset that could help them long term. So if, Def- if they can do it, do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, with the weight, well, obviously, Kukinami wasn't uh, didn't didn't have the best season last year, but Suzuki basically came out of nowhere and had surpassed everyone's expectations. I think you know, if Kukinami, like you said, if he can come back and step sort of back into that role and, and grow a little bit more, then and definitely I mean, the Canadians are set up pretty well. And obviously uh, with uh, Philip Deneau as well, Max Domi might be expendable. And I mean, if you can get that sort of a return, the eighth overall pick, I mean, that would be pretty amazing. And if they could get Brandon Montour as well, I mean, I think, you know, a young I, young 26-year-old defenseman, that, that'd be a good move. I feel like Brandon Montour might be a little bit overkill. Like eighth overall plus Brandon Montour – to me was one of their best defensemen last year mm-hmm. probably gets you like a 1B center in my opinion so if if, if they're offering Max Domi I think I think we can settle for 8th <laughs> I think that'll be okay yeah, yeah but, that, uh, I think I think that's I did, I did like the point that you made about Kakaniemi's development and Suzuki basically coming out of nowhere and this is 
kind of the thing I like to tell a lot of fans is that Suzuki didn't make the team when he was first acquired by Montreal because his skating was atrocious. I don't think anybody would say anything about his skating today because he rectified it with a good speed skating coach uh, and, and really fixed his stride. Um, now, if you look at Kakanyemi, he was or did actually do that for the last six weeks in Finland. Um, so I'm very interested to see how much quicker Kakanyemi is now that he's worked on, you know, really fixing that awkward stride of his. Because if he can get the first two or three steps off, uh, he could be a pretty dangerous player considering his size at this point. Absolutely. I mean, he's still a young guy too. You obviously, you can't give up on him when we just drafted him two years ago. And <laughs> Incredible. Especially when you're dealing with like a tall, lanky sort of center like that. You know, he needs some time to grow into his body. Absolutely, and I, you know this is what I tell everybody. If you look at, if you want comparables, direct comparables in his draft class, uh, Barrett Hayton didn't hang in the NHL. He was sent to the World Junior Championships. He was drafted fifth overall. Uh, Zadina looked great in in Detroit, but that's because he was also playing on the top line. Um, if you look at Nathan, uh, Noah Dobson, Noah Dobson barely played for the Islanders this year. Um, you can Vitaly Kravtsov was playing roller coaster tycoon depending on which side of the continent he was on American League NHL KHL uh, and then Oliver Wallstrom also uh, didn't I think Kakaniemi had six points less than him in 29 less games so it's it was I I cannot look at Kakaniemi as a point per game center in the AHL and be disappointed at this point um, unfortunately uh, he ran into injuries, sophomore slump. It's normal for big centers. So uh, I just promote patience uh, with the fan base because if they are patient, it will pay dividends. Absolutely. Definitely agree. I mean, I think especially with all the picks the Habs co- have coming in this draft, hopefully Lafreniere coming as well. And I think oh, the, uh, the the future is bright. Yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, the only thing that I could say is I wish it was October. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never De- thought I'd say that in the middle of the month, at the end of the month of June. But here we are. <laughs> Definitely agree with that. Well, thanks a lot, Marco. So make sure to give Marco a follow on Twitter at the Hockey Expert and check out his website uh, scrimmagesandstats.com. dot uh, So thanks a lot again for doing this, Marco. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Anytime. Take care. <laughs>